is placed in this. I love night sessions because there's just there's no end time. So like this is like oh, worship wanted to keep on going. We're like, oh, I've got to get going, but night time it's it's game on. All right. Okay. So I want to share a few opening thoughts with you. As a foundation of this community, we have a belief that God desires to see cities and nations born again. Now, you may think that's outlandish, that's crazy, whatever, but we believe it's possible. If God did it before with Nineveh and Jonah, He can do it again. A nation can be born again in a day. It's possible. And God's calling us to believe that He is sufficient through us to do great things. So we've, people in the leadership team have even had dreams and visions of Darwin born again. A city saved all are in the light one person had a vision or a dream about. So we believe that Darwin's a prototype city to see th- this entire city born again and walking in, in the light of the gospel. And then we also believe that we are strategic. We have the world's most unreached population, uh, uh, Southeast Asia, at our doorstep. We, we, we're a sending nation. We have so many nationalities here in our, in our midst, right at our doorstep. And we believe we're going to be sending missionaries and, and uh, um, yeah, a harvest throughout Southeast Asia and to the ends of the world. So there's three foundational beliefs of our community that um, you'd be aware of if you've been a part of this for some time. The first is that we believe that the kingdom of God looks like a family. So today you're going to experience that. We, this isn't just about getting information. It's about a, a festive gathering of the saints. And so we put money into things like the Jumping Castle because my kids are just pumped to be here today. It's like, it's like glory kids, but all day. That is so excited. Um, so we believe, we believe in family, in relationship with each other, in healthy families um, together. That's why we value church groups and, and, and connection. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. This isn't a top-down church where the paid professionals do all the work. We believe in every one of you, of us, has the Spirit of God in us, and we're called to represent God and advance His kingdom. All right? This isn't a spectator sport. It's all in. Now, the third value is that we are called to disciple our entire city, region, and nations. And in our basic training, we say this, we take this mandate very extremely seriously and therefore every structure in our church is critiqued against this calling. We continually refine our method to ensure we are prioritizing multiplication and taking new ground for the kingdom. Now, I say that because what is going to be communicated today and what Joel has already shared with me, what's in his heart to share today, I believe that it's a significant piece of the puzzle as to how we're going to see that take place. I believe that. I believe that Joel and Candace are carrying a spirit of revival as well as the, the, um, the blueprint, the strategy, the, the how-to, the on-ramp onto that sustained transformation. So I want to completely and wholeheartedly endorse these guys to you. Not just as ministers of the gospel, but what they're carrying. I want, it to, I want it to engage with your heart. I want it to look like something in, in my life and in your life and in the life of this community. I want to be challenged. I want to be inspired. And I want to be equipped. Because the Church of Jesus Christ is the only solution to Darwin, for Darwin. It's the only solution. Have you, have you realized that? 
So with that, how about Joel and Kenneth? How about you both come up and just so we can see you? This is Joel and Candice. Also, I want to mention Gus as well. Gus, can you stand up as well? Gus, just stand up where you are there. And just wave. This is Gus. Gus is from Brisbane. He's been married for 14 months. He's a man of God, and he's up here with Joel and Candice. Blessed to have you up here, bro. So, yeah, over to you guys. I'd love just to handball. We love you guys. Um, I just wanted to just quickly say hello. And um, we came here four years ago, almost exactly four years ago. And when I was in worship this morning, I just feel like there has been such a maturing here. I feel like what Jesus has birthed through David and Ruth and through the team here, I just feel like has matured in that time since I've been here last. And I can truly just sense that family um, but as a family does, it matures and it grows. You know, you don't, we don't stay in that infant state, but we grow and we change. And I feel like um, there are such mothers and fathers here. And that is so our heart. And that's something that we love. Um, we have had discipleship homes and we have had teenagers come and live in our home um, since before we had our own children. And... Um, one of the first, the first young men that we had come and live with us, his name was Isaac, and he just got married, and uh, which is very exciting. But when he came to live with us, it was the, the day after he turned 17, and he'd been in drugs and alcohol and uh, just living a really broken life. And um, he moved up to Brisbane to come and live with us, and um, God transformed his life. Um, and he's, he was like leading our young adults, and he's married man now, which is crazy to me. Um, but he used to call me mum. He actually used to call me ma, and he would do it in public. Now, he is like half Indian, and he's four years younger than me. So I'm like, can you not call me mum in public? People don't get it, you know. Um, but I wanted you to hear that is our heart, and that is our background, that we have, um, we just love people. And we love to um, see people transformed. And I, I love that we, I feel like we have such a heart connection in that because that's what I see in your community. I see that people are adopted in and that they're uh, raised and that they're um, taught and they're discipled. And um, I just love that about that. So I love that about you guys. And I feel a heart connection with you in that. And um, our, our heart is today that we can share with you the journey that we've been on um, through going out, doing street evangelism and seeing all these decisions, um, but then like, what do we do with them? Like, how do we get them in? What do we do with them? And this is a journey we've been on for probably 10 years now. And Joel will share more about that. But that, that's like our, our background. That's our journey. And um, it's really exciting to see what God's been doing in our Glory City Church West um, in Ipswich, about half an hour from Brisbane. And um, we've just been seeing our community really grow and it's so and just to encourage you that everyone in Brisbane is always talking about the community and the family in Darwin and we love that we can cross pollinate and there's so many things that we can come and learn from you guys and um, we pray that we can share with you some things that we've been learning too. Amen. It's so great to be with you guys. And uh, we, we absolutely love Dave and Ruth and uh, the team, so many wonderful faces. And I, I got to say, we, we boast about you guys all over, all over the place. Darwin, I don't know if Darwin is, uh, Darwin GC, GCC Darwin is like a household name. 
in terms of what you guys are pro prototyping with family. Uh, it's, you guys are just blessing so many people. So it's so phenomenal what the Lord is doing in your community. And uh, I, just, I just sense such a strong presence of God. How I many just enjoyed that, that worship? That was amazing, seriously. Uh, I, I, I feel like that the Holy Spirit's still doing something. We've got a lot of stuff um, that we'd love to bring today. But why don't you just put your hands out in front of you. <sighs> Such a weighty glory. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to do whatever you want to do. We're totally willing to throw out our notes. <laughs> One of the things we've just really been loving to doing with our community is um, just a real simple prophetic activation, which we just, we just call abiding, so everybody's just becoming aware of what, what God is doing and then just sharing. I know some of you might get elaborate visions and prophetic words, but just to, just to share two to five words, what you're sensing in this atmosphere, the presence of God. You can just share that out loud. What are you sensing? Two to five words. Joy, come on. Bethesda, come on. He's stirring the waters. Yeah, yeah. Expectation, come on. I just want to keep just pushing to that word of Bethesda a bit more. If you, how many know what the pull of Bethesda is about? The, when the angel would stir the water, that there was healing in the waters. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that there, there's an atmosphere of breakthrough that is right here in this place in Jesus' mighty name. So we step into the water by faith in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Father, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What else are you sensing? Release. Come on. Jubilee. Peace. Ways of love, come on. <laughs> Sorry, I did, oh, fear is broken. Boldness, come on. Stirring. Lord, we just thank you, Father, you're just stirring. What else are you hearing? Open hearts. Open heaven. <laughs> Harvest, unity, come on. Honor, wonder. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for your wonder right now. Just release that in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, come on. <laughs> you know, the Lord just, um, there's, there's a, how many know who Heidi Baker is? She released the word, I don't know, in the last five years or something, but this has just been on my heart recently, and it just, just came to mind again, and it's, it says that I was taken up to heaven and suspended above the earth. I looked down 
upon the earth and surrounding the globe were thousands and thousands of chariots. They were chariots of fire carrying glory. They were carrying the glory of the Lord. And each, and inside each chariot sat two saints of God. They were totally transparent. There was nothing hidden in them. There was no darkness, nothing disguised. Nothing was covering them. They were transparent and full of glory and full of light. There was only the thing of color inside of each saint. It was a huge, huge, immense heart that went shoulder to shoulder. It was a heart beating with love and passion. It was a huge red heart. As I looked to heaven, there was Jesus. Oh, there was Jesus. He's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. His eyes of love were looking upon me. And they were melting me because of, uh, causing my heart to grow bigger still. And I saw his heart and it was beating. I saw it beating and I heard it beating. And I saw the, in the chariots all the saints of God and each heart, each huge heart, each huge heart of love was beating in rhythm with the, beat of the heartbeat of Jesus. And the saints had a sword in their hand. Each one held a gleaming sword of white gold and flames of fire were coming off the sword. And they took it by two hands, two holy hands to hold the sword. The horses were leading the chariots and the two white horses were beautiful and magnificent. They were ready to run. The veins on their neck were bulging out and they had bits in their mouths. And the reins were reaching down, uh, were reaching straight up to heaven and Jesus tells the church to release control. The Lord said to me to release control. I will hold the reins of this revival. I will decide where the chariots go. Tell the church to release the reins to me. Holy is the Lord. And then I saw the Lord at the right hand standing in his head and he cried now and as his right hand went down the chariots of fire these chariots of glory began to run and they ran across the face of the earth and the earth was set ablaze with glory fire Come on. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you are releasing your glory, that the glory of the Lord would cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. In Jesus' mighty name. I, I just get a sense that within this community, what God is going to begin to do is so beyond anything that you've, you've imagined. I know that you guys have got a big expectation, but I feel like it's coming to the point where it's like, Lord, we allow you to come and take control. Lord, we thank you, Father, over this region, over Darwin, over the Northern Territories, and over this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we invite you to come and move in power. Lord, I thank you, Father, that this, this, uh, this city is a gateway to Southeast Asia and these, these different nations in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Just put your hand on the person next to you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Come on, just begin to release some fire on the person on your left and your right. I just believe that the Lord is just releasing a depth of his heart for the lost and the, for, for the broken. A new depth of his heart for the lost and for the broken. God, we're asking for the lost. We're asking for the broken. We're asking for the orphans. We're asking for the prostitutes. We're asking for the drug dealers. We're asking for the businessmen. God, we're asking for every person throughout society in the mighty name of Jesus that they would all know 
Lord, we stand in the gap that you said in your word that, uh, that we would ask and you would give us the nations as our inheritance. Lord, I thank you, Father, that the nations are in our backyard in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we're not just asking for individuals. We're asking for households. We're not only asking for households. We're asking for people groups in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I thank you, Father, that not only is this a, a church that gathers together and loves well, but I thank you, Father, that this is a place where hot coals can begin to bright, burn brighter than ever before in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that, that Acts 1.8 says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth in the mighty name of Jesus. And I just saw a picture of hot coals being ejected into different regions, regions that are dry, but but it's beginning to ignite. Lord, I thank you, Father, that there will be a mission-sending movement in the name of Jesus, a mission-sending movement to the nations. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just declare in the name of Jesus that every hindrance, the, I, I, I sense that, the, that there is a, that there is a, an, a, a there's, the, the enemy's camp is unsettled. <laughs> There's a nervousness in the enemy's camp. And we just declare that every plan of the enemy shall not prevail. <laughs> that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Lord, I thank you that you are expanding your family. That you're all about family. And you want to see your family extended to the lost and to the broken. Honestly, just, just driving the streets again, just seeing, seeing the, the indigenous community here just makes my heart burn. In the, uh, in the last week, we had a pretty serious situation that we were dealing with, with some of our indigenous brothers and, uh, brothers and sisters. And uh, in Ipswich, we have, a, we, have a lot of, um, we have a lot of indigenous. In fact, uh, just a year ago, I'm going to talk a little bit about the House of Peace search. We, follow, we want to follow Jesus' uh, model in Luke chapter 10 to find houses of peace. The Lord ignited uh, this in our hearts about last year. And so we started sending out teams to just uh, to be able to meet people in their homes. And there was uh, two sisters named Robin and Belinda, and they moved up from New South Wales. Most of their family is far from God. The Lord said, I want you to move to Ipswich. So they moved to Ipswich. They're like, we don't know why we're here. And they were praying at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning for the Lord to send somebody to their door. That very moment, two of our team members, Mary Vaughn and Heath, knocked on their door, and they offered to pray for them. So we've, been, we've entered into a relationship with these, with these guys, and it's just been amazing just to be able to pour our, our lives out with them. And uh, just in the last week... Um, <laughs> Just in the last week, they, they told me that uh, one of their daughters had, had entered into a relationship with another guy from another tribe, 
and he'd beaten her black and blue, and she'd broken it off. So this guy had come to their house, and uh, he, demanding that that he, that, uh, he you know reconnects with her or something. I don't know. But they got into a fight outside the front of their house, and then they went. Then uh, they left, and they said that this time we're going to come back, and we want blood. We're going to bring knives and guns, and we're going to kill your whole house, household. And so uh, they connected with the the um, the indigenous services and also the the police, and they say this this family from Sherberg, uh, when they when they want blood, they mean they're, they're the real deal. They've actually they've actually beaten uh, one a mother in front of their kid to death in front of them. So this is like full on serious. So. We'd be ministering to them for, you know, for about a year. We had the privilege of, actually, Gus shared the three circles with the girls. And they said they were all in brokenness. They all responded to Christ two weeks, two, two weeks later. And, uh, and so just last, um, last Friday, I was out with, um, with, out with the family, and we, were, we got to put them up in a motel. And they're, they're, uh, some of them moved to New South Wales, and we, we got to cook them a meal. And I was, talking to, um, I was talking to their father, Charlie, and uh, he's, he still hasn't become a Christian. But the way that he was talking, man, it just, it just so ignited my heart. He's like, he goes, brother, I just, I, I love, I love you to, we love you to the world. He goes, you guys are family to us. You guys are family to us. It just, in that moment, now it felt like there's no chance that we're going to, keep them in Ipswich, or they're going to actually attend our church, and it looked like in all the, the odds were is that they're going to be moving back to New South Wales. But they were, it felt like, for just a moment, the true heart of, of Jesus is, is for the lost and for the broken. And loving unconditionally, I'm hearing Charlie speak this to me, I'm hearing the, the family and, the, you know, they, they, they just uh, sent us a big thing of roses, and we're just, we're just loving on them. Man, I feel like in comparison, last year I got to speak at a, a conference down in Sydney. I was a keynote speaker in a conference of about 1,000, and that was amazing. But I want to tell you, I felt like that this was make, uh, there would be more eternal reward in the moment just looking after the lost and the broken rather than standing on a pl- platform in front of 1,000 people. His heart is for the lost and for the broken. And I believe that the Lord is just releasing a depth of his heart. I, f- I feel like that there's a huge breakthrough that is going to happen in the indigenous community. Can you just reach out to heaven? Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your heart, for your heart, for your heart. Yes, we want to see a move of God. We want to see a move of multiplication. We want to see a billion soul harvest. But I thank you, Father, that your heart is after the one. Your heart is after the one. Lord, would you break, let, let our heart break for what breaks yours. Let our hearts break for what breaks, what breaks your heart in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I want you just to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to write on the, write on your sanctified imagination to begin to just speak to you. What does it look like? Who are you burning for? I want you to see a new one coming in, somebody that you've reached out to. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's somebody of a, of, of a certain nationality. And I want you to begin to experience the heart of the Father. 
the overwhelming love of the Father for this individual. The freedom that they get to experience. I want you just to see yourself baptizing them. I want you to see them coming up out of the water and their faces radiant. Where they may have been struggling with addictions or all kinds of brokenness, just breaking off in a single moment. Their faces are radiant with the glory of the risen Lord. I got to, I got to baptize Robin <laughs> on Tuesday this week. On Sunday, I got to baptize a guy named Bryce who's had no Christian background whatsoever. His family are totally anti-Christian. He's like, I, I, the family's like, I don't know why you're going to church. He says, when I come there, they just love so well. Just on Thursday, one of my next-door neighbors, uh, I was in the neighborhood. Um, we've moved house since, but uh, I was pushing Eliana when she was just little down the, down the street, and I'm just... I, I'm just chatting with him, and he goes, bro, there's something about you that's so different. Something about your face. <laughs> I've, been, I've been journeying with him, and just literally this week, he sends me a, he sends me a message. He says, I, I want to catch up for coffee. I was busy that morning. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make time. He sits down with me. He goes, I want to get baptized. So he's going to be getting baptized in the next couple of weeks, and he and his whole household, his whole family. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name. Just one more time, just reach out to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to show you a, I want to show you a video uh, that uh, I made uh, recently. We've been connected with some guys that are just seeing absolutely phenomenal disciple-making movements all around the world. And we just came out of uh, a four-day, four-fields training with them. And uh, I just want to give you a little picture of the journey that we've been on recently. And this kind of summarizes a little bit of it. Thank you. 
Amen. Do you know it's been prophesied over Australia by Smith Wigglesworth that the last greatest move of God would happen in the nation of Australia? Also, how many are familiar with Bob Jones? One of the most uh, significant prophets of our time passed away two or three years ago. And uh, he prophesied, I think it was in, in the 70s, about a billion soul harvest that was going to sweep this, that was going to sweep the nations of the world. In fact, there's a guy from Brisbane named uh, Chris Harvey that went over to, uh, to meet with um, Bob Jones. Bob Jones didn't know that he was coming, but he uh, found out his address, knocks on his door. Bob Jones opens the door. He goes, I've been waiting for you. He begins to, tell, begins to tell him, he says that the beginning of the big billion soul harvest would happen in the nation of Australia and would eject missionaries to all corners of the globe. 
Why do you think that the Lord would choose Australia to usher in the end time harvest? Yeah, the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. What do you think? You know, I think that that could very well be one of the reasons why he would choose this nation. As you saw, the, according to the ABC, we're actually the second most multicultural nation in the world. I love the fact that we're seeing that this, this top-end region here is like a gateway to Southeast Asia. Uh, as you saw in some of the videos already, we've, um, we've met one guy, and now we've got a church that we're planning, that we're, uh, uh, we're training in the Congo. We've got two other churches that we're uh, pioneering in, in Peru. Uh, we're going over to launch, uh, launch more in the Philippines in about a month's time. Um, we've seen tremendous breakthrough with, with Iranians, Iranians that have led people to the Lord. We're working with uh, some of them now. Uh, we had one Iraqi guy, um, that, uh, a Muslim Iraqi guy that we had led to the Lord. And uh, actually, no, he hadn't, he, he hadn't given his heart to the Lord yet, but we prayed for him and, he, and, and fragrant oil started to drip from his fingers. And then he started progressively getting visions of Jesus over a period of time. And, uh, hey baby. <laughs> One-handed. Do you have, a, you want to say something? Um, so she progressively getting visions of Jesus. And, uh, Jesus actually told him seven times to, his wife was uh, living in, actually under house arrest in Iraq. And uh, seven times Jesus said, I want you to get him out of, get her out of the house. There's a, there, your friend named Ali is going to take her to Turkey. And six times he rejected. He says, you know, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. Ali hasn't got his life together. He doesn't even have a car. Didn't even bother about it. But on the seventh time, Jesus spoke with such authority that he, um, uh, that, uh, he woke up with such a fright, he calls his wife, who had a simultaneous vision of Jesus. She says, I'm out the front of the house. Jesus told me to be out here, which she could be killed for. And his friend Ali was in a car going to Turkey that very moment when he called her. So she escaped to Turkey. So the nations are literally at our doorstep. Um, I was just thinking about some of the, just t talking about my journey. Um, <coughs> I remember I was on a plane, uh, on a plane coming back from Basingstoke in the UK. I uh, did a normal Christian life conference. How many of you are doing silence breakers, by the way? Just, yeah, cool. Just can, can you give me a big wave? Awesome. Okay, wonderful. So we were doing a normal Christian life conference in Basingstoke. There were some amazing doors that were opening. This was in the early stages as Ben, uh, ben Fitzgerald was doing Awakening Europe at that time. And we were looking at doing some partners for some major conferences over there. It was an amazing time. I was running outbreak camps where we had, you know, three, four hundred young adults that were coming along to that. It was an amazing revival. 
I just had taken on a church at the time. I was running Glory School Supernatural Transformation. All of these different things I really loved doing. But I was seeking the Lord. I said, Lord, there's, there's at least five avenues. I was also wanting to launch a, a worship album. And I said, Lord, out of all of these five things, what do you want me to be focusing on? I feel like I'm, my, my attention is a little bit diverted here. And I remember he spoke to me clear as day. He mentioned something that wasn't even on the list. Church, school, conferences, album, outbreak. And he mentioned to me, said, talked about, he says, I want you to see a movement of disciples making disciples that will spread like wildfire. I was like, God, I feel like I'm the least equipped in, out of all of those areas. At least I kind of know something to do with those, those other five areas. So I just I started going on this journey. And, I, and every morning I would get up and I'm like, Lord, would you speak to me about this? Would you speak to me about this disciple-making movement stuff? And I remember, actually I think it was, I was talking, I talked to, to um, Conrad, who is the head of the uh, YFC Pacific region, and he mentioned to me about um, Zach down in Tonga, who is seeing some amazing things. I don't know if you're familiar with Zach Woolwine in Tonga, tremendous uh, disciple-making movement in uh, Tonga. And then Dave, I remember you remember uh, you you mentioned to me about the book T for T, and so I was like, this is a, like third time somebody's mentioned to me about this book T for T. So I start to read it, and I'm like, this this is what my heart is just literally burning as I'm as I'm reading the story of one uh, Chinese guy that has a vision to reach 17 million people, and he says I can lead 80 to 100 people to, per year. But that's not even a drop in the bucket if we're going to reach this entire region. And so he begins to cast vision with about 30 lay people to, to plant 300 churches in three years. And I think they pass, surpass it in like a, a matter of months. And the gospel spreads to this region. Within 10 years, they see more than 2 million baptisms. And I was like, this sounds to me like the book of Acts here. So I'm halfway through the school, and we start to implement some of these strategies. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to start doing this with new Christians. So there was two Chinese girls that came in, and uh, they had come to, to the Lord on the Friday night, and two of our Glory School Supernatural Transformation students took them through the first lesson, uh, basically equipping them to be able to share with their friends and their family. And uh, these girls got really excited. They wrote down 27 names of people that were far from God in their life, and they said, can we start sharing? We're about to go into a lecture at QUT. Can we start sharing right away? And they said, well, go for it. So they start preaching. These are brand new Christians, no Christian background whatsoever. They start sharing the gospel like crazy. And within three days, they had led three of their friends to the Lord. But not only did we train them to uh, share the gospel, we trained them to train others to share the gospel. So these brand, three brand new ones trained... Sorry, the, the, Bella and Barbara trained the, the three brand new ones to be able to share as well. So these three brand new ones that we hadn't even met start sharing the gospel with people even over in China, and they led another two people to the Lord. So it had already gone, it had already gone a couple generations within one week. So I'm like, I'm totally sold out to this. So this is the journey that we have been on, and we've just, it's been so phenomenal to see what the Lord has connected us with uh, Troy Cooper. Troy Cooper is one of the, uh, the key movement guys that I know of in the world. Um, 
And uh, they are seeing, they're catalyzing movements, as you see, like in, in Haiti. Uh, actually, I got that statistic wrong. It was more, it's 100,000 baptisms in the last year from a very small church in Haiti. 500 churches planted in South, South America. Now, it's exploding. It's exploding in third world countries, but it's also see, it not quite that rapid rate, but it's also spreading like wildfire in, in the U.S., in Canada, in first world countries as well. Now, when Troy Cooper was over here in Australia, and he's trained people all over the world, he says, there is something about Australia that we have not experienced before. In fact, he said that there, that there is about five to ten times more responsive, responsiveness to the gospel that they even experienced down in Southern California, where they're catalyzing teams there. And it's the second thing that he said to me, he said that there's more generals in the room that he has ever seen before in any other, any other countries, and he has trained all over the world. So I believe that Australia is prime soil for a movement of the Holy Spirit that would not only spark movements in this nation, but being a multicultural nation, this is what the amazing thing is that you can, train, you can lead somebody to the Lord on Thursday, you can train them on Friday, and they could have led their friends and family to the Lord in Africa on Saturday. Come on, that's what we're seeing. We live in an interconnected world Man, if the disciples had access to what we had access, can you imagine how quickly the gospel would have spread? Amen. I'm going to get, uh, we just had a look at, um, we just had a look at the statistics for, um, for Darwin and the, the uh, Northern Territory, and um, <clears throat> according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, you've got approximately 140,000 people. Have we got, uh, we've got a pen here? So 140,000, huh? And what did you say, about 500,000 in the no Northern Territories? Uh, oh, 250. 250. Can I ask you the question, how many of these people do you think that are far from God? What was that? Think about 130,000, far from God. So a very, very generous statistic in terms of people that might, you know, consider themselves, you know, having a Catholic upbringing, just Darwin, yep, right. So uh, looking at the statistics is a very generous, you know, 30%, but I would say that even people that would classify themselves as Christian, if you share the three circles with them, they'd say, man, well, I'm in brokenness. I'm not following God. If you ask them where you're going to, if you've got to die tonight, you're gonna, is it going to be heaven or hell? They might call themselves Christian, but they said they're going to hell. So even if we were to take 30%, that is, that's 98,000 in this region, that what would happen if they died tonight? Or if they die in the next 10 years, 
Is it going to be heaven or hell? It's a sobering reality. How does that sit with you? Man, I, I was so uh, absolutely moved by, uh, by the Wilkes. I remember Wayne said something so profound. And um, we, all, we all so love Kimmy, don't we? And saying, how much more does the heart of the Father grieve for those that die without knowing him because they will never be united with him again. Such a wake-up call. Whose responsibility is it to reach the 98,000? And you know what? I believe that it's not only for the 98,000 here. I actually believe that the vision is so much bigger because we're talking about nations that stretch out as far as Indonesia, the Philippines, India, the islands. So whose responsibility is it? Come on, it's the church's responsibility, isn't it, to reach that, those that are lost. Candace. Um, so what we're, Joel's been talking about no place left. And, um, you know, when we look at these facts, it can seem like so overwhelming of like, that is a really big number. And wouldn't it be cool if we could find somewhere in the scriptures where we see these salvations? So if you turn with me to Acts chapter 19, we're going to read verses 8 to 10. This is when Paul was in Ephesus. I'll wait till you get there. Okay. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. The, this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greek. So what was happening was Paul was in Ephesus. He was teaching in the hall of Tyrannus. There was a school there, and they were preaching the gospel. Now, it says here in verse 10, this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord. So this is what we call no place left, that every resident would hear the gospel. So how many people do you think would, were alive in that time in Asia? You want to call out some numbers? <laughs> Don't all yell at me all at once. Five million? It's more than that. A billion. No, it wasn't a billion. They predict. They predict, well, they guess that it could be anywhere from 8 to 15 million people in Asia at that time. How long did it take them for every resident to hear? Two years. Is that not crazy? 
That's without Facebook, that's without social media, that's without mobile phones, that's without cars or aeroplanes. That is just the gospel, the pure gospel spreading. And um, this is what we call no place left. And um, this is our hearts. And this is what we've been, um, our heart, and we've been setting goals down where we live is that we would see no place left in our community. And 98,000 or 130,000 might seem like big numbers, but when you can see with the gospel and the breath of the Holy Spirit blowing that nothing is impossible. Amen. How many got a vision to see this region one? I think this is as a distinctly different approach to saying, we just want to, I pastor a church, we just want to pastor a church, or we actually want to reach a region. Which one would you prefer? I know that what, what's on Pastor Dave's heart. I want you just to jump into groups of um, about three, uh, three, of, three or four, and I want you to just ask the question, for God-inspired ideas, what is it going to take to reach, firstly, the 98,000, and then the 130,000 of people that are far from God. Just go ahead and uh, jump into those groups now. What's it going to take?
All right, wonderful. There's some wonderful ideas. So what's it going to take? What was that? This is not super important. This, I mean. Who believes this, that no place left is achievable? You know, Paul actually says in Romans that there's no place left for me to work. That was his apostolic call to be able to see every single person have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, what's it going to take? What do you think? What was that? Obedience. What else? Can somebody, can somebody help me with this? This pen seems to misspell sometimes. <laughs> Obedience, what else? Every believer is stopping for the one, great. What else? Was that a synchronized intimacy? Oh, unity. And it, okay, unity and intimacy, great. Vision, yep. Spirit-led, yeah. Power of God. What else? Money? Okay. Connections. Heart of God. Willingness. Conviction, love, prayer, prayer. come on, compassion, what's that? To go. Perseverance, great. Priorities, yep. Good job, babe. <laughs> Teams, yeah, I'm sure. Follow-up, yeah. Great. Anointing. Family. Okay, great. Let's just pause that for there. That's <laughs> wonderful. So what do, you, what do you think that at the moment, what, what could be the biggest challenge actually is to see no place left at the moment? In your context, complacency. Actually, do you want to? <laughs> Lovely lady, can you give my wonderful wife a big hand? All right, so complacency. So this is the question: What would be hold, what would be hindering? What else? Sorry. Caught up in ourselves. Being insular, I guess. Uh, 
What's that? Lack of harvesters. Quote, unquote, quote, busyness, yeah. Ulterior motives, okay. What else? Familiarity? What, what do you mean by that? Sure, sure. That's good. Fear? Yeah. Anything else? Unbelief? Sure. Comfort? Yep. Church structures? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what was that? Bad experiences? Sure. Okay. Every believer stopping for the one, intimacy, unity, vision, spirit-led, power of God, money, connections, heart of God, willingness, love, conviction, compassion, prayer to go, perseverance, priority, teams, follow-up, anointing, family. What do you guys do the best out of that? Family? Where's unity? Vision? Spirit-led, love, intimacy, yay. Heart of God, prayer, anointing, you happy with that? So you feel like these are some of the areas that could be work, worked on? Every believer stopping for the one? You, you said power, God, didn't you? Money, connections, willingness, conviction, compassion to go, perseverance, pri priorities, teams. Do you think that money is actually crucial, is absolutely essential to, to see no place left? I think it's, it is, it's important. But, I mean, do you see the disciples needing a whole lot of bunch of cash? So... How, how many, con in terms of connections, what kind of connections have you guys have got? <laughs> Everybody's just going to go through Dave's connections. <laughs> yeah. How many people have got, got people in your life currently that are far from God? How many of you have shared the gospel with 100% of those people? That's a great place to start. Can we, can we do something? I just really want to, to tailor, tailor this to, to this. Uh, have you guys ever heard? Uh, how many have been part of Silence Breakers? How many uh, have done your Oikos map? Yeah. Let's just quickly do this, okay? So just grab a sheet of paper. If we want to see no place left, the ideal place to start is with your oikos. How many know what oikos is? Do you want to, you want to do that? Can you have a 
So what we're going to do is we're going to do an oikos map. Oikos is a Greek word. I could <laughs> one of those. It's a Greek word which means like your family, your friends, your who's in your world, who's your community. So in the you're going to write your name in the middle. My name's Candice. And we're going to put a circle around that. I am now going to think of all the people in my life that are far from Christ. There could be people who um, used to be Christians but have walked away. There could be people who've never known God before. So I've got um, my brother. I have um, a lady called Lakshmi that we've been reaching out to. Um, I don't have a very big oikos when I do this. Um, my cousins, my cousin Tegan, my cousin Emily, uh, my uncle Bruce, um, anyway, what you can also do is that if if we share the gospel with these people and these people get saved, they also have oikos. So this map can grow. So, for example, my brother has a girlfriend called Jamie. Um, Lakshmi has a husband called Sam. Tegan has um, two children. My uncle Bruce has a wife called Lorraine. So your oikos is these people. Now, what we can do with our Oikos map is that we can pray for them and we can, um, we encourage our church. We actually, Joel got big posters made up at our church and we actually have them on the walls of our church. And it's awesome to have it somewhere where you can think about it. So you can, um, if you write it on a piece of paper where it all have smartphones, you can take a photo and then you can look at that photo anytime or you might um, write it somewhere else. People have it on their mirrors, but it's just a daily reminder when you see that these are the people in your world that you're believing for, praying for, and asking Jesus for opportunities. So for me, my brother, um, we grew up in the same house, fancy that, same parents, going to church, um, but he was really hurt by the church and has um, been far from God probably for mm, probably 10 years, actually, been married for 10 years. Um, and I have really been praying for opportunities and asking Jesus for a word um, and like Lakshmi, someone who we keep in contact with and we've had dinner with and, you know, asking Jesus for opportunities as well. So we can pray for our oikos and we can also um, step out and start speaking for them, you know, start speaking to them and sharing the gospel. Amen. Good job. Give her a big hand. So on my oikos map was a guy named Will. And uh, actually, we, we, we pray over our oikos every Wednesday night. We pray for those ones and actually set goals to step out. And i got to say, actually, I find, I don't know how many people are in this camp, I find sharing with my oikos is actually can be harder than sharing with people on the streets. But I find that actually doing, going and sharing with people on the streets helps me bust past fear so I can share with my oikos as well. So just, what's it, Saturday now? Uh, on Thursday, I got to share the three circles with, uh, with Will over... Yeah, he wants to get baptized now. So he said he was in brokenness. He's ready to make the, the decision to, uh, to turn and believe and make, uh, be baptized, make Jesus King and Lord of your life. 
And then he took me home to his house to actually share with his kids who'd never heard the gospel before in their lives. And so that was just an amazing opportunity. So I want you just to take a couple minutes just to uh, pray in your groups, just over your Oikos map right now, that the Lord is going to begin to touch their hearts. I believe that, that the prayer really impacted Will. And, uh, and now, so just go ahead and just pray them right now. We just thank you, Father, for every single person on our Oikos. Lord, that we want to see no place left, Lord God, in our Oikos, in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, just begin to pray. Real, just really seriously pray over them. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that this could be the difference between eternity in heaven versus eternity in hell. In Jesus' name, we stand in the gap on behalf of each and every one of these ones. And we just we claim them for your kingdom. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you are softening their hearts that you were opening their eyes in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we prophesy over them. We just thank you, Father, that there would be dreams and visitations, Lord God, that you would meet them, Lord God. I thank you, Father, even some of them that, that are going to, it's going to be like that they're going to come to the end of their rope and, 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 and reach out in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Father. I want you just to look at the names on those lists, on your list. What, what is the joy that you're going to begin to feel in your heart when these ones come to Christ? Come on. Come on, I want you just to celebrate as if all of them have just responded to Christ. How would you celebrate as if they've all responded to Christ? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. I want to, how, how many of you are, are, are comfortable with sharing the three circles? One or two, Okay. I thought that this could be a good thing just to go over again. Uh, how many have seen Three Circles in Three Minutes? We, um, this is a very, very simple gospel tool that we have been finding has been producing the, the greatest results um, that, I've, that I've seen personally. Have we got some sound there? No? I'll just go back.
Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. So uh, how many have seen that video before? Um, we're just so encouraged just to see what, to what the Lord has been doing through this simple tool. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been really, in fact, uh, when we first started doing evangelism, we, we, had a, we had a method that we were going through, and then we're just like, we, we said, no, we don't want to do that anymore. We just want to be spirit-led. And I think that that's a that's a great concept. Obviously, we want the Holy Spirit to be able to speak through us and speak words of knowledge and things like that. But what I found that, that, that there was actually a significantly less amount of people that were sharing the gospel because people didn't know what to actually say or to start. People that say, oh, you know, I'm going to be spirit-led, but then when they get to a conversation, just like, how do I start? So I found that the, the three circles is a powerful way to be able to just jump in and share, and it allows us to be able to sow seeds um, uh, abundantly. So I'm going to get um, I'm going to get Gus, and Gus, Gus is going to share the three circles in about a minute and a half. So put your hands together. This is our spontaneous. I wasn't prepped for it. So, all right. So this is the three circles. The first circle is brokenness. It's like an eggshell. Um, oh gosh. Okay. So. <laughs> this is um, not hard to see. You just turn on the radio or the TV, uh, and there's wars, famine, there's murder, there's crime. There's, we all know, um, we just heard the story of Joel before, that things aren't going well around the time. But God never created the world like that. He actually created the world in love. So that was his perfect design. But unfortunately, sin happened, and that turned that world into this one. And sin is anything from lying to murder. Uh, and so... While we're in this one, we often try to get out of it by uh, doing different things. So like they mentioned before, so careers, um, it could be on the extreme side, drugs, alcohol, but also it can be exercise, um, suicide, anything, even religion. So people can go into different types of religion to kind of escape this brokenness. This right here, brokenness. Boom. Uh, but it's like a bungee cord just snaps back in so we can't actually get out. But God so loved us that he gave us his son, sent us a son that, if we, that, that died for us and rose again. And if we turned, T plus B, turned and believed that he did die for us and rose again and make him king of our lives or lord of our lives, then he will restore us back into the design of love as righteous people as you see as 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21. Shakabam. <laughs> Boom. So which, um, which circle would you see yourself in? Obviously, I hope you guys say love. But a lot of people would say brokenness, 
where would you want to be? So these three questions we ask, so it gets people to self-identify and actually gets them um, the walls go, break down. So where do you find yourself? Brokenness, where do you want to be? In love, what is stopping you? And oftentimes they say nothing, or they might use some kind of excuse, um, like the person said, weed or stubbornness. Uh, and you just kind of bring it back to um, saying that I, the only way to escape is actually through Jesus, and it's a grace mentality rather than like a trust, fix it yourself. So how Joel emphasized getting clean before the shower. Shaka bam. Shaka bam. All right, has everybody got a, a pen and a piece of paper? I'd love to get you to practice. Um, but uh, just uh, as, as Gus said, what, we're do, what uh, we want to do is we want to start. What was, where's the starting point? Can you all see uh, the whiteboard? I'm so sorry, guys over there. If I angle it like this, can, you guys can see? You guys can see? All right, so where do we start? Maybe some of you got, have we, has everybody got a note, notepad and something to write on? Who? Oh, sorry. Yeah, cool. Can't please everyone. <laughs> All right. So we start with brokenness. Now, we use some descriptive words. What were some of the words? Suicide. Suicide. What's it? Okay, so this, this, this is, there's, there's two things here. We want to talk about bro describe brokenness, and then after we go to God's design and sin, then we would talk about how people try to get out of brokenness. So there's two things there. So the poverty, war, disease, sickness, murder, all that sort of stuff. But that wasn't God's original design. You can give a couple descriptive words there if you like, full of joy, peace. It's, you look at the sunrise, you see little glimpses of God's design. But that was not... Sorry. But because of sin, one of the things that I like to say is, is sin is anything from lying to murder, to clarify that. In fact, uh, Nathaniel and I have recently designed a, another tool to plug in there called Law to Lamb if you are doing silence breakers. But <clears throat> this is a great starting point anyway. So then what happens when you're in the circle? Try to escape like a bungee cord, and what do we list? Religion, drugs, exercise... You want to make sure that there's probably something that's, that's relevant on their list, you know? You know, if it's a business person and you're just saying drugs, alcohol, and drugs, alcohol, and, well, maybe alcohol and drugs might be their issue as well, but, you know, something that they, they can relate to as well. But it's like a bungee cord and snaps you right back into brokenness. What's, what happens next? God sent his son Jesus, then what would we do next? Died and then rose again. Then what would we do next? We crush sin. If we turn and believe, we actually have added being baptized as well to the list. Turn, T, B, and B. Turn, believe, and be baptized and make him king or Lord of our life. Then he will 
make us new. What's the first question? Where do you see yourself? If they say there. Question two is, where do you want to be? If they say there. What's the third question? What's stopping you from turning believe and making Jesus King Lord of your life? Turn to a buddy and practice with them. P.S. If you don't have if you don't have paper, here's a little tip. I don't normally bring paper with me on the street, but for those of you that have iPhones, you can just open up Notes, and you just use your pen app. You know the just draw like that. So. All right, once the, once the uh, one person's had the opportunity to share with the other person, then swap.
right, let's give it another minute and a half. All right, how we doing? Thanks, Ruth. Y'all feel pretty confident? From a scale from one, to, from one to five, just give me an indication of how confident you feel with the three circles. So one to five, if you're five, just put it right up. Four, four, five, about two for you. Five, some people are, yeah, five of the, okay, great, three, yep. Two. Do you all know how to find it on YouTube? If you, I would encourage you, just go over it a few, few times if you're, if you're not feeling confident with it. The other thing is, is uh, as I find, hey, look, I've just been learning this tool. It takes the pressure off. I've been learning this tool at a conference. It's called the Three Circles. Do you mind if I practice? It's a great opening line, and it takes the pressure off to nail it. It's like, well, oh, I forgot that part and whatever, but people are very gracious. Hey, uh, it, just any any questions before we, uh, we we go to lunch? Questions? Yeah. So, how do you start the conversation with someone before you present the three circles? Right. I'm gonna give it to Gus first. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, you can obviously ask the person, so this is like a little step before, but you can ask them, hey, if they have any pain or do they need any prayer? So you can always engage a conversation like that. But on the video, it even said, oh, have you heard about the three circles? 
And a lot of times when you engage in people, with people with conversation like that, they're curious and like, oh, no, what's, what's that? And like, oh, okay, well, I'll show you. I'm glad you asked, you know, and go, go into it like that. So, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah. So often, like, bringing that curious, um, like, out of people gets them engaged. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've found work. How many of you guys joined the Endless Summer Commission? So for those of you that are part of um, Silence Breakers, the Silence Breakers community, uh, in honor of Kim, we, we put on a, something called the Endless Summer Commission. And uh, we have 194 people committed to stop daily for 30 days. And it was, it was uh, 5,820 commitments to stop for people, um, which is just absolutely phenomenal. But we've been, we've been using that as an avenue as well. I'll just say, I talk, talk about, hey, one of my very close friends has just, just passed away. She's beautiful. She had this last, this last blog called The Endless Summer Commissioner. In her honor, we're doing this thing to share the three circles. I haven't had anybody turn, turn me down. And I actually feel like that was a, that's been a great opener for me. And then at the end of it, I talk about God's perfect design. I say, we know that she's spending eternity with Jesus. And we, want to get, we don't want anybody to remain in brokenness. So that's why we're sharing. So that's an, open, an opening. Um, praying for the sick first. Have you heard of the three circles? Some people, like if you wanted to go out right after this and just say, hey, look, we've just been at a conference and we just learned something called the three circles. Can I practice on you? That's a good opening line. Why don't you take one of those opening lines and practice on the person next to you? It could be something else. All right, awesome. Anybody, uh, anybody else has a, have a creative way of introing the three circles? Any other creative ways of introing? Yep. My my um, way of doing something like this is to suss them out and check where you can usually check a person by clothing or whatever and with her I'm just probably going to say hey Chloe you know I'm a Christian and, you know yeah yes miss you know I said can I just check something out with you do you want to just do this thing with me sure. so you don't say I don't like to say the word um, I just want to practice something on you sure. I just like to go into it and say I just can you check this out with me or something like that just right. something yeah that's great awesome all right Alrighty. Thanks so much. We're now going to um, break for some lunch. So just a couple of notes. Um, parents, what we're going to do is just to give our um, child minders a break. If you can check your children out and then check them back in just for the lunch period, we're going to have the, the jumping castle will be flat, so um, no jumping castle during lunch. Um, also, if you haven't already registered, um, you can register at the front table 
um, and pay. So, is there any other announcements that I can? We're all good. So, we'll come back here at one o'clock. Okay, so 50 minutes. One o'clock back here for the rest of the session. Um, lunch is working outside. That's the most that I know. <laughs> you put it into your mouth and chew. I don't know. <laughs>